0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you. It'll strengthen you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter 3 once again. We're going to do a tad bit of review before we jump into tonight's message. This is part 2 of Faith in the Name of Jesus. As I shared with you last year, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, that there were two topics the Lord put in my heart that were going to be midweek series that is going back to basics, reminding us things that He's taught us before and building on. There were two topics. The first topic was number one, praying in the Spirit and the importance of praying in the Spirit. And the second one was faith in the name of Jesus. And so we started it last week. So if you missed last week's message, I encourage you to go to the Faith Plus app. Or a YouTube channel or a podcast so that you can listen to it and understand the foundation we laid so you can build your faith in the name of Jesus now one of the things we said before that the word name the word name we're looking at in the book of Acts in the New Testament means the authority and the character thereof the word name means the authority and the character thereof it is all that a name implies of authority character rank majesty power Excellence and etc. It's everything that that name covers. Once again, we said this word name means the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies. It's of a, of, Its authority, character, rank, majesty, power, excellence, etc. It's everything that the name covers. One more time, the word name is the authority and the character thereof. It's all that a name implies of its authority, its character, its rank, its majesty, its power, its excellence, etc. It's everything that that name covers. And so when we say in the name of, it's similar to saying by the power of. When someone will go in the name of someone else, they were an authorized representative, authorized to carry out tasks on behalf of the one who sent them. In this context, to say in the name of is also to say in his stead and on his behalf. So when someone will go in the name of someone else, they were an authorized representative, authorized to carry out tasks on behalf of the one who sent them. So in this context, when the person would say in the name of, they would say in his stead or on his behalf. So look once again, Acts chapter three, verse six, the New Living Translation. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Notice what Peter said. I'll give you what I have. That's a very important understanding in line. I'll give you what I have. That word have is very simple. It means to have. It means to hold. It means to possess. So I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I'm holding on to. Come on. Are you holding on to the name? I give you what I possess. What did he have? The name. He had the right to use the name. He had the right to access what was covered by the name. He had the right to access to what was included in the name peter knew he had the right to use the name and administer healing in the name and later on in the series we'll get into how he knew he had the right because jesus taught him that he and the disciples and those who followed him had that right acts chapter 3 verse 12 and verse 16 in the new living translation says peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd people of israel he said What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Notice what it said here. This man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name. Say it with me and put it in the chat. Say, there is healing in the name. Come on, say it with me and put it in the chat. Say there is healing in the name. One more time. Say it with me and put it in the chat. Say there is healing in the name. So healing is an area the name covers. Remember we said the the word name is the authority and character thereof. It is all that a name implies of its authority, of its character, its rank, its majesty, its power, its excellence. It's everything that that name covers. And that name covers healing. And that name is the authority and the power to heal. And by faith in that name, Peter and John took healing from that name and applied it to the man. The man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. First, who had faith in the name of Jesus? And second, where did that faith come from? As we looked at last week, when we studied out and walked through Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, we see no evidence of the man who was healed have any type of faith at all. He had expectation to receive something, but he had no faith in the name. We see no evidence of him having faith in the name of Jesus. Well, who have faith in the name? Peter and John. Peter and John had faith in the name. And where did that faith come from? Well, where does all faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, what did Peter and John hear about the name? It's what Jesus told them. What you see in uh, the Gospel of John, you see it in Mark and in this series, we'll go into it. What they heard because it caused them to have faith in the name. And as we go over those same scriptures in this series, it calls you to have faith in the name as well. We must develop our faith in the name of Jesus. As I said last week, we need to get so skilled at using our authority. It's like a mechanic uses his tool. A mechanic doesn't go into a garage or go into his place of work and just throw tools around, helping he fix or create to whatever he's building or whatever he's fixing. No, he is very precise. He knows what he's doing. He's been trained to use the tools that are at his disposal. And in this series, we will develop our understanding and our faith in the name of Jesus so that we can use our authority skillfully. This ties in with a No Longer Mere Mortal series because later on in the series, we're going to talk about delegated authority. And you'll realize you have delegated authority in the name of Jesus that you need to operate in on a regular basis, not just when trouble shows up. Because when trouble shows up, then you say, Oh, how do I do this? How do I walk in this? But when it's a lifestyle, when something pops off, when trouble shows up, you can stop it. Because you know you have delegated authority and you've developed your faith in the name. Go ahead and say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, I must develop my faith in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and say it out loud. Let's put it in the chat. Say, I must develop my faith in the name of Jesus. One more time. Say, I must develop my faith in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So let's keep going. Let's go once again to Acts chapter 4 verse 10. We're we'll look at a new King James. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Here's something else that's included and covered by the name. There is salvation in Jesus. So there's salvation in the name. That's what Peter just said here in his sermon when he's addressing the leaders. He says there's salvation in him and there's salvation in the name. Say there's salvation in the name. Come on, say there's salvation in the name. Go ahead, Put it in the chat Say oh, say there's salvation in the name. Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say there's salvation in the name. Now there's so many different ways we can dive into this because we know what Romans says and because it's quotes what it says in the book of isaiah that whoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved ah, you get it now you call upon that name because the name represents him it covers everything that's implied by the name and there is salvation in the name and there's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved it's calling on the name the authority the power the majesty of jesus It's calling everything he represents When you were born again, you called on the name of the Lord. So what do you mean by that? Well, remember the name also means authority. When you said Jesus is Lord, that word Lord means supreme and authority. So you acknowledge that Jesus is the highest authority of all. You believe that he died. You believe God rose God raised him from the dead and you made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and follow after his authority. You called upon that name with faith and you were saved because there's salvation in the name. One more time, say there's salvation in the name. Remember, the name is the authority and the character thereof. It's all that the name implies. It's of its authority, its character, its rank, its majesty, its power, its excellence. It's everything that name covers. So there's power to save in the name. There's power to heal in the name. There's power to save in the name and there's power to heal in the name of Jesus. Now let's define this word salvation because when we think of salvation, we think of it in a limited way, but we want to cover that limited way as well as also what this word implies. word salvation, of course, we're saved from our sins. We're saved from wrath. We're saved from hell. And those two three things, two, three things, those first three things, Ooh, that's enough to rejoice about, dance about, forever be grateful about, that we're saved from our sins, we're saved from wrath, and we're saved from hell. But we're also, that word salvation also means deliverance. It also means preservation. It also means safety. It means rescue, and it means health. So let's go over what's included in this word salvation, consider salvation in the name. And so you can put it in the chat or you can put it in your notes. In salvation, we're saved from our sins. We're saved from wrath. We're saved from hell. This word salvation also means deliverance, preservation, safety, rescue, and health. One more time. In this word salvation, we understand that we're saved from our sins. We're saved from wrath. We're saved from hell. This word salvation also means deliverance, preservation, safety, rescue, and health. So we can say correctly that there's deliverance in the name. Go on, say it out loud and put it on the chat. Say, there's deliverance in the name. Come on, say it out loud, put on the chat. Say, there's deliverance in the name. That's a good thing to know and to rejoice about. There is deliverance in the name. Say, there is deliverance in the name. Now look at the next one, preservation, to be preserved. That no matter what goes on in the world, you can be preserved and come out of that time like that time never existed because you were preserved and you can come out of that time prospering. It's like the uh, the three Hebrew boys who went into the fiery furnace but came out not smelling like smoke. They were preserved. You can be preserved. There is preservation in the name. Go ahead and say it loud. Put it in the chat. Say, there is preservation in the name. One more time. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, there is preservation in the name. One more time, let's say it out loud. Let's put it in the chat. Say, there is preservation in the name. Notice what the next two words are. Safety and rescue. Safety and rescue. There is safety and rescue in the name. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, there is safety and rescue in the name. We'll say it out loud. Let's put it in the chat. Say there is safety and rescue in the name. One more time. Say it out loud. Let's put it in the chat. Say there is safety and rescue in the name. So we said there's deliverance in the name. There's preservation in the name. There's safety in the name. And there's rescue in the name. There's deliverance in the name, there's preservation in the name, there's safety in the name, there's rescue in the name. This is what we're going to focus on tonight. Because when we think about the dangerous and perilous times we live in, you know, the Bible says in the last days, dangerous times will come, perilous times will come. But that's not what we're focused on. Yes, there's dangerous time, less there's perilous time. There's many reasons why the time we're living in is dangerous or perilous. But our focus is not on the times because we realize there's deliverance, preservation, safety, and rescue in the name. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what part of the last days we're in or what part of the end times we're in. Because no matter the time, no matter the year, no matter the global conflict, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your neighborhood, no matter what's going on in your community, your city, your state, your province, no matter what's going on in your world, there is deliverance, preservation, safety, and rescue in the name. So Say it with me. Say There is deliverance, Preservation, safety, and rescue in the name. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Let's look, Let's go a little bit further into this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. I'm going to read it from the New King James. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That word safe means set on high. That word safe means set on high. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are set on high. What does that imply? High above whatever was threatening them. High above whatever was afflicting them high above whatever was persecuting them, high above whatever was trying to hurt them, high above whatever was trying to damage them, high above whatever was trying to steal from them, high above whatever is trying to kill them, high above whatever is trying to destroy them. They are set on high. They are safe on high. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is safe, high above evil, and strong. Oh, that's so good. I'm gonna read it again. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is safe, high above evil and strong. I just love that. Safe, high above evil and strong. There is protection, safety, rescue and deliverance in the name. This is a lifestyle that is available to you as the righteous. Remember what the New Testament teaches us. We're not justified by the law. We're justified by our faith in Jesus. We are, as 2 Corinthians tells us, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so those who live from that standing, who live in that lifestyle, this is available to you. This protection, this deliverance, this rescue, this safety is available to you, not just as a moment, Not as a fluke, but a lifestyle that no matter where you go in the name, following his direction and his path for your life, doing what he's called you to do, no matter where he sends you. Notice where I'm emphasizing what he's telling you to do, where he sends you, not you going off and doing something that he tells you not to do, but you following the path he has for you. No matter where his path leads you, there's protection, there's safety, there's deliverance, there's rescue. You can be set on high above all evil and you can be strong. That's what's available to you as a lifestyle, not just a moment, but a lifestyle. Say, it's available to me as a lifestyle. Come on, say it with me, put it in the chat. Say, it's available to me as a lifestyle. It is available to you as a lifestyle. And so when we think of this type of lifestyle, it reminds us, or at least it reminds me of Psalms 91. So let's go take a look at it because it connects to what we're sharing tonight. This lifestyle is available to you. Psalms 91. We're going to look at verse 1. Starting with verse 1, we're reading from the New King James. Psalms 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snail of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Let's pause there for a second. What are the two instructions you have right here? That if you want to experience this protection as a lifestyle, this deliverance, this safety as a lifestyle, the two things you need to dwell and you need to say. You need to dwell and you need to say, you need to dwell in God's plan for your life. You need to dwell in him. You need to walk with him. You need to know him. You need to develop your relationship with him. You need to stay connected to him as John 15 teaches us so eloquently. And then you need to say, remember. Your covenant, the promises of your covenant, what God has for you. So many wonderful promises are activated by the words of your mouth. Even you being born again, you being saved was activated because you said something. And the same way here, we're under instructions that we must say. What is something good to say? That God is my refuge and my fortress. In him will I trust. In him I put my faith. In him I put my confidence. On him do I lead. So stay with me. Say, God is my refuge and my fortress. ahead. say it and put it in the chat. Say, God is my refuge and my fortress. Come on, say it out loud. Let's put it in the chat. Say, God is my refuge and my fortress. One more time. Come on, say it with some confidence. Say, God is my refuge and my fortress. In him do I trust. Say, in him do I trust. Come on, one more time. Say, in him do I trust. Let's go to verse five. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. Even the most high, your dwelling place. Well, how did you do that? How did you make that decision? You made a decision to dwell and you kept on dwelling. And you made a decision to say. So you say and you dwell. That's how you did it. You say and you dwell. Notice what it says next, no evil shall before befall you, nor shall any plague come now your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because notice what it says next because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him god is talking to you because you set your love upon him he will deliver you i will set him on high notice that i will set him on high remember that phrase before we looked at proverbs set on high above evil and strong i will set him on high why because he has known my name notice that set on high because he knows the name remember the name of the lord a strong tower The righteous run into it and they are safe, lifted high above all evil and strong. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Praise God. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So as we begin to wrap this up. As those who know the name, does anybody know the name? Come on, does anybody know that name? Does anybody hold on to that name like Peter and John? Does anybody know that name? So you qualify what Psalms 91 has for you. Does anybody know that name? If you know that name, go ahead and put it in the chat and say, I know the name. Say, I know that name. You have the right to use that name and access everything that name includes and covers. So as those who know the name, what should we do? Psalm 89, 15 and 16. Let's look at Psalm 89, 15 and 16. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name, they rejoice all the day long. And in your righteousness, they are exalted. That word joyful sound is the call to worship. So what is it saying here? You can look at different translations and understand those who know the call to worship, those who appreciate the call to worship, those who answer the call to worship. So blessed are the praise and worshipers who walk in the light of God's face. What do they do? They rejoice in the name throughout the day. And what is the result? In his, righteousness, in his righteousness, they are exalted and set on high. So they're delivered. They're rescued because they're set on high. So what are our instructions? Praise and worship God. One of the things, what is a good thing to praise and worship God? Rejoice in the name. Magnify the name. Exalt the name. Thank God for the name. Thank God that you have the right to use the name. Sing songs about the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Rejoice in the name. All throughout the day, walk in the light of God's presence, in the light of his face. Live the way he's called you to do. And in righteousness, God's righteousness, you will be exalted and set on high. You will be delivered. So we want to be praised and worship with those who know the name, those who have the name, those who believe in the right to use the name, who want to receive from the name everything that name covers. And I know that's you. One of the things you need to do is praise and worship throughout the day. Thank God for the name. Give attention to that name. When you say that name, it's precious to you. It's powerful to you. It's a name that you magnify and that you exalt. It's wonderful to you. And another way to say it is, be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude throughout your day, no matter what goes on through the day, because you know you have the right to use the name. Let's go to Psalm 9, verse, Psalm 9, verse 9. Psalm 9, verse 9. Let's go to Psalm 9, verse 9. We're looking at verse 9 and 10. It said, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Notice what it says. Those who know your name. Does anybody know the name? We Come on, you just said you did. Does anybody know the name? Those who know their name put their trust in God. Those who know the name put their faith in God and you put your faith in him and you put your trust in him you lean on him understanding that God will not forsake you because God does not forsake those who seek after him so what's the second thing we do we keep our faith in God no matter what we see on the news no matter what shows up in our life no matter the situation or the circumstance we keep our faith our trust our confidence our reliance in God go with me to Psalm 69 verse 29 Psalm 69, verse 29. I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Version. Psalm 69, verse 29. Now, this is a Psalm David. David is in a rough spot right now. He's going through a lot. And so David is describing how he's feeling, what he's encountering, what's going on in his life. He says, but I'm afflicted and in pain. Notice what he's saying. This, he's not in a good spot. He's not writing this from a lofty place. Or, Everything is good in my life. He is facing trouble. When he said the life of David, there's a number of times he ran into different trouble. Some things by his own causing. Some things by those who hated him. Some things by by other things that went on just in his uh, path to becoming king. And afterwards, there's a number of things. But notice he's describing the time he's in right now. It says, I am afflicted and in pain. But notice he shifts and says something. So even when you're in a situation and you're afflicted, you're in pain, you're going through, it's a trying circumstance, it's a trying situation, there's drama going on, there's trauma going on, there's a whole lot of things going around you trying to figure out what to do. You need to make a shift. David knew how to shift and you need to learn how to shift that you don't focus on your problems, but you focus on God. You don't focus on the drama, but you keep your faith in God. He made a shift. Say, I need to make a shift. Go ahead, say out loud and put it in the chat. Say, I need to make a shift. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say, I need... To make a shift. Go ahead, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say, I need to make a shift. Notice the shift he made. May your salvation, God, set me safely on high. Ah, we see that phrase again. I will praise the name of God with song. He's shifting with this praise, he's shifting by magnifying the name of the Lord and exalt him with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than an ox or bull with horns or hoofs. So my praise is better than the sacrifices in the temple. The humble have seen it and are glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive. And so now he has shifted from his own problems. And now he's encouraging you. So let those who seek God, let your heart revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise those of his who are prisoners. He hasn't forgotten you in a situation that seems like a prison, seems like you're oppressed. All these things are happening. God has not forgotten you. So David begins to shift and encourage you. Heaven and earth shall praise them, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah. So no matter what you're facing, what is David encouraging by the Holy Ghost? God will save you. God will deliver you. Then it goes on and says, so that they may live there and possess it. The descendants of his service will inherit it, and those who love his name will live in it. So not only will you be delivered from the circumstance and the situation, not only will God rescue you, but your life will be preserved. Your kids will be preserved. They will have long life and they will live in the land of promise that God made available to them. So in the midst of trying times and situations, praise the name of God with a song. In the midst of trying times and situations, praise the name of God with us song. Amen. I believe today's message encourages encourage you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. we love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called The Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.